0: Center and coming in as Lou feel it like They've got scores! Patty McDonald! And over at that flame bench, there's all kinds of excitement going on there. And he's stopped by Markstrom from Point Blank Range. Here can put it in the wind column. Yeah,
1: baby, yeah, baby, yeah, baby!
0: This is Flame Stock with Pat Steinberg on SportsNet 960 the fan. All right, well, let's get it going on a very important Tuesday, May 23rd. This hour is underway. Welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key-to-like system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit CalgaryLockAndSafe.com. Look who uh, we've wrangled up at the end of uh, amateur scouting meetings on a Tuesday, the same day that he's introduced as the eighth general manager in Calgary Flames history. Craig Conroy with us live here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. It's uh, It's been a day. Hey, it's been, it's been a day. It's been a weekend. I would imagine (laughs) to say the least
2: it's been, uh, it's been busy. My phone's been blowing up and you know, I just haven't responded to anybody. So I still haven't been able to really respond. I got to go home tonight and probably just sit and I think I have 400 texts. I bet. Uh, So I, I want to get back to everybody, but it's, you know, with the amateur meetings, with everything going on, it's uh, it's been tough.
0: So, what was uh, what was the weekend like? Because you probably were like, okay, I got to turn my phone off here because this is getting ridiculous. Uh, is it you? Are is, is this correct? Did, did you turn the phone right off? Turn it over? What'd you do? I did. I did. I turned it
2: over and just I said, you know, even. My wife goes, this is crazy. I said, I know I don't even know what to do. You know, so I just, I just put it aside and my daughter was actually moving into an apartment this weekend. So I went and had to put some furniture together oh, and nice. it kind of was nice. It was a nice to get away a little bit and, uh, you know, not be looking at my phone. Then I look and, and you feel bad because everybody, it was for all the right reasons. And I just i couldn't say anything it it was frustrating,
0: well yeah, because you, there were still things that had to be worked out, and you can't you can't confirm anything right,
2: and I hadn't signed my contract till this morning, so I really didn't officially
0: sign anything you yeah know? so uh yeah it was uh, it's been a whirlwind, to say the least well congratulations uh how are you feeling like you're the there's only been seven full time general managers in this organization's history and here you are number eight Like, just what what has today been like you know what it's really like i said before it was surreal i i didn't
2: sleep that well last night the nerves were there it was like you're going to a big game you know i felt that once i got in front of everybody and and kind of talked to the scouts this morning and you know, obviously that just calmed me down a little bit and then to be able to go. And and I think the big thing is I I was really nervous going into the press conference, but then to see yourself and just everybody, it's just familiar. It's not something that I, yeah there wasn't people in there that I didn't feel comfortable with. So it was, it was much easier and you, and you guys were very good to me. You didn't, you didn't come at me too hard yet.
0: <laughs> not yet. Exactly. It's still, there's still time. Now the that was that's got to be your first news conference since you retired or maybe since AGM in June 2014 that's probably the last time you did a news conference right yeah
2: well I was there with Yager I went and picked Yager up at the airport so he did his I was with him
0: that's right okay so I would
2: say that was probably the last Yager was the last one Jeez, it's been a while since you had all that those people
0: there it's been it's
2: been a long time
0: so okay I remember, what was, your, what was your line that Berkey said to you? It was, uh, you, you don't want to be on the bus, you want to be driving the bus, yeah. and that's one of those things that, that has always stuck with you. How does, that, how does that resonate now, knowing that you've got the keys to the bus?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's only been a few hours, but, you know, that's the goal. It was always the goal to be the, a GM somewhere in the NHL and to be able to do it in Calgary. Like I said, that's the dream job for me. So, you know, now... With that comes a lot of responsibility, and, you know, I want to do what's right for this organization moving forward, and I want to, obviously, I just want to win. I mean, I want to win, but, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to have some fun, too, around here. We're going to have fun, win, and uh, do it the right way.
0: So, as you said, it's only been a few hours, but are you ready? Like, do you feel ready and that this opportunity is at the right time that this is hey i'm prepared and ready to knock this thing out of the park
2: i think after 12 years you know you you go through all those little moments where you learn something you take something from it you're like oh okay i didn't you know there's going to be those learning moments too especially dealing with other gms i mean my you know that's the one thing i think once you once i got the job i i couldn't believe how many gms reach out to me right away and they know they said i know you're busy but as soon as you get a chance you know we'd like to catch catch up and talk so it's going to start quick i mean it's uh but that's what's nice about having you know the help around with don with dave you know with brad and uh and snowy i mean it really does make a big difference to be able to kind of put some things off because we have so many things to do right now going into the draft coaching search you know just all the things and and talking to our free agents and seeing seeing where their mindsets are at
0: so and I think that because you've you've interviewed before, you've come close before. I know that Buffalo, you were you were right there for a few years ago. But what makes you confident that this time around, right now, that yeah, yeah, I, I, I I'm ready to be a general manager in the NHL. You know,
2: I think it's just everything that I've done. I've done everything else I could do with the organization, and you've done it all. And I guess, like Don said, the only way you're ever gonna know is when you sit in that chair and do it. Yeah. So I don't think there was something else I could do to say, oh, I have to do this before I can become a a GM in the league. It's really, I've tried to do everything and learn everything and know what goes on behind the scenes and how everything works and then take that moving forward and – Put it in place with me with with me running the show.
0: Is there a, is there anything that you feel like you haven't done uh, in hockey ops to this point in the the twelve plus years?
2: You know, I I did a couple of contracts early uh, when Berkey was here. I got to do Johnny Gaudreau, um, you know, Garnet Hathaway. Two contracts, you know, so okay. not many. Okay, uh, and then they brought in Chris Snow and they brought in Brad Pascal and, and and Tree just loved to do the contracts. You know, obviously we all wanted a little chunk. Everybody was hoping for a little of that snowy got it you know brad did uh was a big part of him especially the big ones i mean yep. obviously those were those were his but even on johnny's second one i was able to kind of come in and and be a part of that so you know i think those are the things that just we had a lot of people in the office and everybody would like to do certain things as fun in their mind and you know that was one i just didn't get to do but everything else as far as okay. the draft uh, college free agents junior yeah, i got to do pretty much everything else
0: what it's during the during this 12 years and, and you talked about it, the surreal and you didn't know if this was going to happen. Like, were there times where maybe you doubted it was going to happen? You're wondering, OK, is 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 this the right path? Well, I think
2: at times for sure you do. You're wondering, uh, you know, a lot of jobs come available. And I think sometimes you thought, I wonder if because I'm in Calgary and people think I'm a Calgary flame you know, do you get lost a little bit up here? I don't know. You know, so there were some times when I thought, you know, oh, I would just like to get another interview to be a part of the process, you know, to kind of, after you've done it once, you want to do it again and just see. But, you know, then you look around the league, and as people were coming in, young players, younger people are going into those roles. You're thinking, uh-oh, <laughs> you know. Right. There, There's, uh, every team has has somebody now, you know. Yeah, I just saw Breer go in. I mean, I'm so happy for him. Um, it's exciting, you know. And then uh, it just feels like there was everybody kind of had somebody.
0: So you have that Clarkson job as well. You could have gone and coached there right as you were retiring. And I know that at, at times you're like, ah, that would have been cool too. That would have been an interesting path. But I would imagine, uh, I would imagine today. You feel like, yeah, I made the right call. Finally, there's no questions asked that you made the right call when Ken King kind of put it on the table to you back in what February, January, 2011. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, and you just never know, you know. It, and would it have been fun?
2: And a challenge for sure. But I mean, to be sitting here today as the GM of the Calgary Flames, it's not going to get any better than that.
0: Yep. With Craig Conroy, eighth GM of the Calgary Flames. So how how i'm just curious now that you have gone through the process and names and in ink you're the gm what what was the interview process like what were the things that were obviously can't tell us too mm-hmm. much but what were the huge kind of bullet points that you pressed to john bean and don maloney that you feel were really important in getting you this job
2: oh that's a good question i mean i think you know the way I've, I've kind of foresee this team in the future, you know, building this team through the draft, like I said, I do think that's the way to do it. I mean, obviously, there's different stages when you're looking at the Tampa Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah, they were able to get rid of a lot of picks. They were still going for it. They've won two in a row. But they got all those picks early, and they did – the guys on that team that are the core are draft picks, you know, and then they've added pieces here and there and they've won. So you, you kind of look at that model and say, okay, that's what you have to do. You're looking at teams, you know, around the league and you're kind of comparing how are they doing? And you see them going in the right direction. You feel like a team. Okay. in another couple of years, these two or three teams are going to be good. So, you know, I kind of laid out that, you know, talked about, you know, our, our, the free agency, you know, a big thing for me is asset management. I mean, like I said, to have Johnny, you know, leave and not get anything was tough. And I, you know, I learned a lesson, you always learn lessons along the way. And that was a big one for me because I I did believe he was going to come back. Um, you know, and I think just through the whole thing, they, you know, all the different strengths and weaknesses of me, how you deal with the coach, all these, you know, there's just a million questions like that. And then you just kind of go through it and explain to him how you kind of foresee this is working out, you know, as far as how my relationship with the coach is going to be, you know, Am I going to be on the road? Like I told him, I said, I know Brad went on the road all the time. Well, I want to be at the tournaments. You know, I, right. do, I do think I want to see draft eligible players. I, I'm not always going to be with the team. For sure, at the beginning, when we're, we're new and we're a new group, I want to be there and build that, that camaraderie. But then after that, there are going to be times, you know, where I asked Don if he'd go on the trip or Brad Pasco or, you know, Dave Nonis, someone can go with the team but it doesn't have to be me all the time. I think sometimes it can be around a little bit too much too for, for myself. Right. Yeah.
0: The, uh, it's funny you talk about building the draft and, and that's an area that this group has had a lot of success in over the last eight or nine drafts. And whether you take a look at some of the late round guys who have popped or even the second round guys who've turned into really, really good NHL players. And I remember, Early on in the pandemic, you joined us, and I think it was Pinder who asked you, you know, what what is the philosophy? What changed, and why all of a sudden has drafting become a much bigger strength for this organization? And And if I remember correctly, it was like, we just the biggest focus is we got to get the best guy every time we go up to the microphone that I would imagine that that ain't changing now that you're the GM
2: no I mean you know I think that started right with Jay Feaster I mean when we sat down my first thing you know my first little four months watching players you know I'll be honest you know you're only hearing about players I mean my agent was talking about Johnny Gaudreau how special he is and I'd hear about him in the meeting and you know, different players and you're like, okay. And you're just kind of going along watching players and trying to figure out actually how to scout. What, what are we looking for in players? What do we want? And then uh, to see us kind of have that draft was an excellent draft for, you know, getting Johnny in the fourth was huge, but we got Sven, you know, you look at the guys at Bressois still playing, Yep. you know, and, and you look at the guys we got. And I think really from there, we've kind of, you know, we've had a little bit of a, a couple down years where we've missed a little bit, but for the majority of it, the other thing we always stress is, especially uh, in the later rounds, we, we want you as a you know, as kind of the area scouts to really step up and say, I want to put a flaming C on this guy. This guy is a Calgary Flame. If you're wishy washy where you uh I like him, I don't love him. Yeah. He's okay. You know, no, we want we want conviction and honesty. Like we say this is a guy. And and that's when that's how I think we've had success. You know, in later rounds, because our scouts do a heck of a job. They spend a lot of time out on the road, and you know, you just think I I just met with Wolfie yesterday, and you're thinking as late in that draft that was. I mean, that was still a big conversation at the table, and and Rob Sumner was really pushing for, you know, for Wolf, and we made the pick, and you know, a few years later, here we are. And yeah. it's 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 been a it's a great pick, you know, and it's a seventh round pick. Those are those are the things we don't take any pick for granted because we only get seven of them. And usually we don't even have seven of them, <laughs> you know? So, right. You know, the, the scouts are joking. Can we have more picks Connie? You know, I said, well, we'll see how it goes here.
0: Have you, uh, have you thought about like diving in on doing trade negotiations and, and, you know, hanging up when it's time to hang up and all, all that type of stuff.
2: You know, it's going to be fun. Obviously that's one of the things until you're in the chair, you really don't, make those calls you know i did a couple when i was in the minors uh but they were minor league trades it wasn't like and i don't it wasn't like people were like oh wow look at that trade but now it'll be different you know it will and then to be able to talk to all the managers to see where they're going to kind of get the you know their thoughts and their team what they're looking for is there is there a deal to be made you know so i know and tree did a great job with that i mean he reached out he always had a pulse on what was going on around the league and you know i'm gonna try to take that from him because I do know it's nice to know what's happening even if we don't get the player.
0: Right. Craig Conroy's with us, general manager of the Calgary Flames, introduced on Tuesday joining us here on Flames Talk. Okay, this Jerome McGinlas stuff. What what can you tell us about number 12 and what what could be coming down the road?
2: <laughs> you know, the one thing about Jerome and I, we've we've talked about this and like I said before, we talked about it forever. You know, and I know he's got stuff in his life going on. And now that I actually have the job, I, I would like to talk to Jerome and see, you know, what can we do here? You know, but that's, uh, you know, that's really all I can say right now because, you know, who knows what Jerome's thinking. He's probably like, Craig, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just one of those where, you know, we've, we've always, you know, we're such good friends. We have want to do it. He's got a great hockey mind. The way he, he thinks about the game, you know, again, I was a little bit more defensive forward. He's a little more offensive-minded, and I think we work well together, and we kind of bounce things off each other. And, you know, just to know, I mean, we talk about the draft. He He's telling me about, especially all the kids for the next few years— He's coached against him in Boston. He's, you know, if it's all these top kids, he's got a good book on all of them in North America. Obviously, Europe's a little bit right. different, but he's got a great feel. He's known these kids for already for three or four years because his kids are playing against him. You know, in competitive hockey, it's it's amazing the knowledge he has and the amount of video he watches for his job as a, as a coach. You know, of Rink Kelowna,
0: it's it's strange. I don't, and maybe my read on this was bad, but I don't know if I. When when Jerome left here, when Jerome retired, when March 2019, when his number went up to the rafters here in this building, I don't know if I ever was like, huh. Jerome in hockey opposite the Flames or Jerome involved with the Flames I I don't know if I ever if it necessarily clicked and I know that you're not saying it's going to happen and there's still but it's that hockey mind a lot of people have talked a lot about that like he's a he's a really sharp guy when it comes to watching and and breaking down the game which I guess shouldn't surprise anybody
2: yeah I mean he really does I mean we when we talk it's not it's like full on and and again <laughs> we don't always agree on things and situations but yeah it's just it's nice to get a different perspective and a lot of times i would bounce stuff off from you know just because we're we're so close to this all the time to have someone from the outside just yeah. say hey connie take a step back this guy's you know whatever it is you know so we, we would always do that which is you know is fun and we you know either we both think we're right a lot of the time but at least we can go back and forth and feel like we come to a pretty good understanding at, at the end
0: well, okay, so one of the quotes that really blew up today was when you were asked about your core group of players and you said, I, we're going we're gonna to add some youth to the lineup. And a lot of people really glommed onto that quote and said, okay, that, that's a huge message to hear on day one from the new GM. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you make sure that you do get more youth in the lineup going forward? Well, the one way is to give them an opportunity,
2: you know, that's that's the bottom line. You, you leave a little space in your lineup. Instead of just filling those spots, you know, bringing in Sonny Milano, bringing in – because even when you bring in just those guys into training camp, you know, it takes a spot from another guy. And those guys are usually, you know, when they go to these exhibition games, they're good. They are good. Right. You know, they're playing against junior kids. They're playing against, you know – Younger guys and they're hungry and they come in and they look great and we've signed a lot of those guys in the past which is totally fine, but it's taken away from when I when I want to see uh, let's just say Pelje in the lineup in this spot, maybe with whoever, you know no, we're gonna put this guy in you know Cody Eakins is gonna be there it, it's and it's nothing wrong with those guys but it's just a different philosophy I think when you look at how uh brad liked to do it he liked to have a veteran lineup even before daryl got here and daryl was on board with that too so you know to to go back you just have to kind of figure out and you don't want to rush kids though like and that's i'm not trying to say that but you want to make sure when they're ready but i feel like there's some guys that are ready and they'll have a unbelievable chance to to make this team and and i think it's great for the team they bring that yeah. excitement that youth and you know what they're they're in the nhl and it kind of goes around that locker room
0: well and i've got I, and i know you've there's some really um exciting young players coronado debuted this year pelche had a really nice run i've got the text line screaming at me though and a bunch of people on twitter earlier in the day got you got to make sure you ask conroy about matty phillips and 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 i think mainly because He's bordering on being an unrestricted free agent here, coming up in a month and a half. What, what, what would you say to those who really want to see Maddie Phillips get an opportunity? Is is that something that you could chase hard and, and see if he could be back in Calgary?
2: You know, we actually had our exit meetings yesterday, and we talked to Maddie. You know, and Maddie talked about the same thing, opportunity. That's what he's looking for. You know, did he commit to us? Hey, I'm gonna come back no did he say he wasn't coming back no so it's a little bit of a gray area right now with maddie but i don't know i mean he's done everything he can obviously i can see why everybody wanted to see him in the in the lineup at at certain points in the season and i'll be honest i did too you know it didn't happen so you know we just have to move forward from there and then we're obviously we're going to talk to his agent and see if if maddie has the desire to come back because i mean I was the one that drafted Matty. I I was the one that said, yeah, Todd, I want to take him. And you know what? I don't know about the NHL. I said that when we drafted him. But he's right. done everything he can do uh, except get a chance in the NHL.
0: The um, the seven guys that all are pending UFAs after next season. I, the Different cases. You don't attack them all the same way. But just overall, philosophically, how do you look at the best way to handle that?
2: Well, I think the first thing is just to reach out to all of them and just really see where they're at. I kind of have an idea where some of them are at and other ones, I'm not sure. And now, th- uh, circumstances have changed, you know, the coaching changed, So you really need to just sit down and talk to them and then just see if there's a, if they have a willingness to resign here. Like I said before, when I came, I had to sign a contract. I was only here a few weeks, I thought it was a good fit for me and I signed and I I wanted to stay. I want these guys to want to stay. I just don't want them to stay because the money, the term, you know, I want them to want to be a Calgary flame first and foremost, before we talk about anything like that. I just want to get their, their ideas and what they're thinking about being a Calgary flame moving forward.
0: What about uh what about the the coaching search? I, I asked you in the news conference about kind of what you're looking for and what's important in a coach. I guess c- can you reiterate that and and what's kicking through your mind in terms of who the next head coach of the Flames should be?
2: Yeah, you know, I think the one thing you want a communicator. You want someone that can communicate with the players nowadays, but a leader, you know. You want someone to walk into that room and have a presence. And you want to build that where these guys, not out of fear, they want to play for you. They want to do it because they want to run through the wall for you. And you look around, there's certain coaches in the league. When I'm watching interviews, when I'm seeing the interaction with the team, and I'm thinking, man, those guys just love him. They want to, they'll do whatever they can for him. Not because he's telling them, because they want to do the right thing for him. But I also want, you know, with that said, as much as we want to have fun and we want to do all that, you have to be accountable. You have to hold people accountable because you know if you if you let it go a little off the rails too much it does you know so there's a fine line it's not an easy job and like I said you have to deal with 20 guys not everybody's the same you can't just it's not cookie cutter everyone's going to be treated the same you got to figure out how to motivate each each guys and I think a lot of that's with the assistant coaches too you got to have a good mix down there and it's a team effort you know
0: it has to be nice that does not mean that you go this way, but you've got Mitch love and you've got Ryan Huska and you've got Kirk Muller. Like the the internal candidates that seem to be knocking on the door, just to have three guys internally to start the conversation with has to be a a, a nice little feather in the cap too. Hey,
2: well, it does make it easy because those guys are going to get interviewed. You know, they're, they're guys that deserve it. They've worked hard. They have put their time in. They've had success everywhere they've been. And, uh, you know it's 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 exciting for us it's exciting that the organization has these type of quality individuals in it and you know we're looking forward to actually you know once once we get through a few other things in the day you know to be able to talk to those guys yeah. and interview them you know cuz we i know them as assistant coaches and i know Mitch is the head coach in the american league but it'll be it'll be good to see him in the in- interview process for sure
0: okay just a few more craig conroy is with us tell us about the staff so brad pascal stays on Chris Snow stays on. They sign extensions. We know about Don, and you bring Dave Nones in. Just tell us about uh, your hockey ops staff and, and who you'll be working with.
2: You know, it's amazing. I mean, obviously with uh, Snowy and, and, and Brad Pascoe, that's pretty seamless fit for me. You know, Snowy's got the analytic department. He does an amazing job behind the scenes. I mean, I don't think people really know how much he does, but he's he's just one of those guys that, thinks differently than everybody else so he's a little bit outside of the box which is great because you know as a hockey mind i'm thinking a certain way and it's nice to get that outside perspective in the analytics department and you know obviously with brad Pascal, he brings what he does for the wranglers the budgets you know he makes sure there's a again so many things behind the scenes that people don't see but to have those two guys and just to have it seamless to know okay this is what we're doing that's it's really comforting and easy because I, yeah. I know their strengths and weaknesses. Like when we do, you know, obviously the drafts coming up, just the way Snowy lays out, hey, these are the teams that have made trades. These are, This is what they've got for returns. It's all just laid out perfectly. I mean, it's not like we have – I have to search something up. What would this guy be worth? What would – It's done. Boom. You know, and and that's the kind of stuff that people don't see that that Chris does. You know, and the same with Bernie. I mean, to be able to make those calls and it takes some pressure off of, you know, agents calling about development camp and, you know, I've been dealing with that, but to have him kind of be able to take that off your plate right now, because that's what, that's what agents are looking for. Hey, I got a couple guys we'd like to come development camp and then just getting ready for the draft. And then to have, you know, Dave Nones is going to be also with his experience being a GM in two Canadian markets to be able to negotiate contracts with, with Chris snow. I mean, I think it's a team effort and especially, like I said before, that isn't one, something I've done, um, in the past. Yeah. So to have seven major players that we like, I mean, it's we like all seven players and you know what, to be in that situation, to have Dave here with his experiences, you know, and I told Don, I'm like, I'm actually, you know to have him be able to help with that and really lead that charge is is going to be nice. Obviously my relationships I want to see what the guys are thinking and then, you know, with Dave kind of work together.
0: Yeah. What uh what's your feel on having a captain next year is that? Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to have a captain. That yeah. was and you got some you got some good candidates, hey? Yeah. You know what? I mean
2: I, I've played in two Canadian markets myself. I've played you, you have to have a captain. I mean, I, I've always believed it. You know, I I Struggled the first year, we could have named a you know, I just struggled with it each year, but obviously, that's a decision that was above me. You know, now, now when we're in the coaches' interview, we're going to have a captain. You know, that's it's just a Canadian market. You need a face. When we were in the bubble, they did a picture of the captains of each team, and I thought, what would they do for the Calgary Flames? <laughs> you know, we don't have a captain. It's just you need a voice that the players can talk to you're gonna have your leadership group but in the end you need one person to go in and talk to the coach yeah you know and and really I think that has to be done I mean that's what I've always experienced in the NHL and to not have it was weird for me because who everyone's sitting in the locker room who's supposed to go talk to Daryl nobody went to Daryl you know and that's what I asked the guys I'm like well who is the guy and they said well we just look at each other and we don't nobody goes and that just doesn't Feel right for me, especially for a Canadian market. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a major priority for me.
0: Uh, and finally, what? To, so there's the there's the Craig Conroy that that we know on the outside, and and there's some are like, yeah, you know the the all aw, shucks Craig Conroy. Like, is he going to be able to? <laughs> is he going to be able to be the a hole that needs to be running a, an NHL team? Now, I keep on saying, you know, I I, I tell you, it's there. You just. What do you say to that? Like, uh, just does the demeanor change behind closed doors when you're getting down to brass tacks on things?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm fiery and passionate and get pissed off and, you know, have arguments with people. I don't, I don't, you know, when we argue, usually if you ask anybody, then I feel bad after and I apologize. But you know what, when I'm out in public or we're together, like trying to be just like a good person yeah (laughs) you know so that's part of it but behind hey we're making big decisions we're doing things you're pushing people they're pushing you you know that's the competitive side I mean that's I want to win I want to do the best at everything I can do and if I can beat my girls in a a game of ping pong I'm going to beat them if they beat me they beat me whatever it is you know it's always been that way for me so you know I I've never worried about that I know that's kind of been uh Craig's too nice well if you ask people to work with me like when it's time and I'm passionate, and I get fired up, and you know sometimes my wife's like, You need to tone it down, <laughs> you know, so you know I just try not to show that to a lot of people
0: uh it was pretty cool to have uh to have the the girls here hey today, hey no, yeah, it was the whole almost the whole family here
2: yes, Peter Hanlon, you know above and beyond, he brought him got him down, and uh, put him in the front row. I didn't look at him much because you know. I didn't want to get emotional because I know all we've been through together. Yeah. You know, to make these, the the poor girls went through a bunch of schools at once. I mean, that was hard. But you know what? Then we settled in Calgary, and and I didn't know where this was going. So, you know, to be be here now and know we're going to be here is exciting
0: pretty cool day i uh i'm I'm happy for you it's uh super neat to see it it was cool to see you command the room today uh congratulations
2: well thanks pat and i appreciate everything you did i mean i'd be lying if i didn't hear you in the radio uh sometimes (laughs) i'm like oh good job Pat. oh no pat Stay away from that. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I'm always listening. Yeah, I know.
0: i know. Now I have to be really careful. Yeah, exactly. the big bus. You'll be getting Texas. Hey, Thanks. come on back. I know. I know. <laughs> Thanks, Connie. Congrats, man. This Th- is awesome. Thank you very much. It's Craig Conroy, the new general manager of the Calgary Flames, as uh, we continue along on Flame Stock. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacy's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Worried about radon? We install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more,
2: Talk is live on Calgary's hockey station. Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
0: All right. It has been a day here at the Dome. We knew that it was going to be an important day. Craig Conroy introduced as the eighth general manager in franchise history. Same time. Uh, right beside him, I guess to his right at the podium on Tuesday morning, was Dave Nonis, the former general manager of the Vancouver Canucks and Toronto Maple Leafs, who is now senior VP of hockey operations and assistant general manager with the Calgary Flames. Of course, uh, all the other hockey ops staff, we know Brad Tree Living walked away in April, but everybody else in hockey ops, Craig Conroy, promoted to GM, Brad Pascal, who gets promoted to VP of hockey operations, and and assistant general manager chris snow who gets promoted to vp data analytics and assistant general manager all still with the team so those gentlemen stay but with conroy moving up that vacated a spot and there was another assistant general manager role and uh, that that other complimentary hockey ops spot to be filled and the flames end up going with dave Nonis uh the senior vp of hockey operations and assistant general manager uh we've heard from craig conroy this hour of flames talk and uh, earlier on tuesday shortly after the announcement dave knownis joined us here in the doug Lacey's basement systems hot stove lounge as well It's here from the new senior vp of hockey ops and assistant gm
1: Welcome aboard. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. This is uh,
0: welcome to our beautiful radio studio. Hey, I,
1: I have been in here before, but it's been a few years.
0: I'm sure it looks exactly <laughs> the same and maybe worse. Um, how uh, how you feeling? I, I, I guess just tell us about today and and how this went for you.
1: I, I'm feeling great. Um, no, it, it went really well. I mean, I I really want to thank the Flames ownership group, uh, Don Maloney. Uh, For giving me the opportunity to come back uh, and get back into the game, I, you know, obviously it was interviewed with Don and John Bean uh, several times over the last couple weeks. Was in here last week, um, for an in-person interview. Um, You know, a couple days later, Don called me and said, "Listen, we're we're going a different direction." I said, "That's fine, I understand." He goes, "Would you be interested in in joining the group?" And and I was like, "100 percent." I mean. my opinion of the team hasn't changed from when I was in here during the interview and I think uh, um knowing don helped a lot I've known him for a, you know, a lot of years um spent a, a little bit of time on the phone with Craig and it was pretty clear we think a lot alike um you know I, I don't think we'll be exactly the same and I don't think he wants that but um you know after having those discussions I was pretty excited about about joining the, the group here
0: so I I guess how did this all come about? Because you had been doing some some work in the media. You'd be doing some stuff on Sirius. You did some stuff with us. I know that you were on with our friends out in Vancouver at 6.50. How did the opportunity come about, and and how did this process all unfold for you?
1: Well, yeah, I'd, I looked at a few things last year, um, and they weren't the right fit, and decided that maybe taking a step back was a good idea um and decided to join the dark side with you and do the (laughs) do the media for you know for a year which you know i think was actually was really helpful for me because you look at you're
0: watching games all over the place yeah
1: you're always watching games you look at it a different way um you're more objective about players about how the game was played uh so for me it was it was a, a good year for that it was a good time to step back and do that um you know when this Opened up the GM manager, the GM job opened up here in Calgary. Uh, I was asked if I had any interest in in pursuing it, and at that point, I mean, I, the answer was yes. I mean, there's only 32 jobs. This is one of the, to me, one of the you know, great jobs to have. A great city in Canada, and uh, so I I pursued it and, and did my best to 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 get the job. Um, uh, and at the end of the day, you know, they went a different direction, and I think, you know, quite frankly, I think they went a pretty good direction. I mean, listening to Craig, the the knowledge he has of the organization, the time he's put in. Um, you know, I know from being in that position that, you know, you never know if you're a hundred percent ready. When I took the job in Vancouver, it was kind of a similar situation that yeah. Craig's running into now. Um, and, and I think that, you know, he is the right guy for this. It's a, it's a great opportunity for him, but he's got the energy, the knowledge uh, of the organization. Uh, and I, I think that the, that his drive will be uh, infectious for the group. So, um, and I, I, when Don did call me and said "Do you want to do you want to interview?" and I said "Yes, and then we had several of them you know can kind of followed by coming out here and and uh having them in person it it you know made me very interested in joining the group and then when this opportunity presented itself, it was a pretty short conversation to to say yes.
0: I know you were asked about this in the, in the news conference and you general manager in vancouver general manager in toronto in terms of scrutiny and and buzz and being in a fishbowl i i don't know if it gets louder than those two markets in this country and and you navigated both of them what what can you take from those two experiences and and bring to this management group now
1: well i think there's a couple things you you, you can't let the uh outside noise really dictate the decision making process and I think, um, you know, early on in my career, I can tell you that uh, I probably did. You know, it's hard not to react to uh, the fan base, to the pressure of of winning, you know, in a Canadian market. But I think you have to step back and, and just look at the overall picture and the direction of the club. That's one of the things that ownership here asked in the interview process was, you know, how do you go about navigating in a Canadian market? And, Uh, There's two things you have to do. You have to embrace the situations that you're in. You know, the fact that it is, you use the word fishbowl, but there's intense interest in a Canadian market. Uh, You have to embrace that and enjoy it, uh, but you also can't let it impact your decision-making. And that's kind of the the message that I've passed on and and will continue to pass on because you have to separate those two things. The fact is that, that, in my opinion, there's nothing like winning in a Canadian market and I can tell you like again by time in Vancouver we had some pretty good hockey teams yeah. and um, you know we were able to win playoff rounds uh, set you know set some records for points and and you've got the fan base that supports the team uh, like uh, no other you know it's not like a and no disrespect every market in in, in uh, the NHL has pressure every market has a strong fan base but it's not the same as being in a Canadian market. Uh, you have to again, you have to be able to separate those two things, uh, and be able to deal with it when things aren't going well. Because so you're going to go through periods where there's stretches where things aren't going great, but there's nothing like being here mm-hmm. when things are going well.
0: We're chatting with Dave Nonis, who is a brand new Senior Vice President and Assistant General Manager with the Calgary Flames, joining us here on Flames Talk and in the Doug Lacy's Basement Systems hot stove lounge. Well, and, and just to maybe expand on that, not only have you done it in, in two Canadian markets, but you've been in hockey ops for decades. You've you've been a general manager twice, you've you've had success, you've had stretches where maybe it wasn't as successful with all of your experience what what do you think you bring to this hockey operations department where can you really make your biggest impact do you think
1: well you you don't just learn um from successes you learn from failures as well and I think you know some of the things that I'm hoping to be able to pass on or help with you know uh in conjunction with with everyone else in in the group uh is some of the lessons that you learn and like I said if I look back at um you know, my you know, I'll use Vancouver as a good example my tenure in Vancouver, you know I'm pretty proud of the team that i I left there and you know we went that team went on to go to the Stanley Cup Finals uh but I can tell you that my first year was was a struggle you know and made some mistakes that i i would I would take back and mm-hmm. uh, so so there's some of those things I think that you want to um you want to be able to discuss in terms of of making sure that you think things through um and and i think i'll be able to help in in that regard as well you know and again you know i think similar to craig i've done a a lot of different things you know worked at the league office was there for the first work stoppage worked on the collective bargaining agreement you know been you know intimately involved with player contracts wherever i've been there's a lot of things that I've, i've been fortunate enough to learn and and work with and hopefully i can offer some help in that regard
0: you talked about your opinion of the team and and how your opinion of the team hasn't changed since uh, you interviewed for general manager and now being in this role so when you take a look at at this group and and I guess an outside look that now turns into uh, an inside look tell us about your overview of this team and where the flames are right now
1: well for anyone who listened to to Craig's comments they're they are very similar you know I think if you if you brought everybody back and didn't make a change, this is a playoff team. I, I believe that. I think they were a playoff team last year of certain things uh, would have gone their way um, and probably should have gone their way, but they didn't. So I think that if you brought the whole roster back, that's what you have. You have a team that could make the playoffs, and as we've seen with Florida, uh, you make the playoffs, you might have some success. Uh, I also agree with Craig. You know, When you've got that many pending UFAs, you have some decisions to make. Mm-hmm. And you know it's not prudent to walk seven people to free agency uh you know we're gonna have to make some decisions on who do we want to keep prioritize them uh, see if they want to stay then there's the process of trying to iron out contracts um and you know more than likely at some point you're not going to be able to keep everybody so uh you probably aren't going to see the exact same team and craig basically said that you know i think there's going to be some changes we want some roster spots open Um, but, but I do believe there's some strong pieces here and, uh, you know, it's, it's making the decisions to add players around those pieces and and also look at the long-term viability uh, of keeping them and how much, how how much cash you have to keep them and how much money you're going to have going forward to try to add to it, because there'll be a point where we we're going to want to add to it.
0: Any, um. Has as there been talk, and I know it's it very early on, and and you just flew back in last night. But like, as, has there been talks about you know delegation and you know kind of the mm, division of labor and that type of stuff, and and what areas you might be handling, so on and so forth?
1: Just just cursory discussions. Okay. Not, yeah, not a whole lot. You know, again, we we've talked a little bit about some of that. Um, I think in the next week, uh, we'll probably be able to divide that up a little bit more. You know, I I know Don's feeling early on was that he really wanted it to be a collaborative effort because of all of our different experiences and and skill sets. And so I I think that that's probably what we're going to work towards. But ultimately, yeah, you're going to branch off and, you know, Mm -hmm. who's going to be looking after pro scouting, who's going to be looking after, you know, amateur scouting contracts, whatever. So I'm sure we'll have some in-depth conversations there.
0: Dave Nonus is with us, senior VP of hockey operations, assistant general manager with the Calgary Flames. What? Uh, so go back to your time in Vancouver or your time in Toronto. What? Uh, what was the Dave Nonus scouting report on Craig Conroy? <laughs> Because Connie tells a great story about when he took over and he went and he uh they, he had access now to all the internal reports and he tried to find out what bad things they were saying about him internally here. <laughs> what uh, what was your scouting report on Craig?
1: You know it's it's pretty accurate as the, the way I, I've seen him as a person so far. Honest, hardworking. Uh, you know you, you're gonna you're gonna get a, a full day's work and a, a lot of effort. That's how he was as a player. He was an honest player. You don't you don't get you know hit a thousand plus games um with without that skill set you know and there's not very many players that were drafted where he was that hit five hundred games so you know i I think that um that's one of the reasons why I believe that the franchise and Don gravitated to him was because you know yes he's got you know he's got the skill set and the knowledge of the players, but it's the work ethic and the desire to succeed and you don't lose that when you you know you go from the 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 ice to the management booth particularly if you're yeah. if you're someone that's that competitive
0: when you uh when you're around him what you've been in the spot before what what makes you think yeah this guy this guy's ready to take that next step
1: you know what like i said we haven't had a long lot of time together but the you know one of the first conversations that we had and he phoned he phoned me uh probably the I don't know it was last Saturday. um he said, "You know, it's like like to have a short conversation. We started. It started out just talking about, you know, families and things like that. But pretty soon, didn't take long before we we're talking about the team, and we just almost took turns asking each other questions. What do you think? How do you rank these players? What do you think of this? And um, there wasn't very many situations where we differed. There's a couple, but I think that that was um, to me that was uh, one of the reasons why I was excited to come. You know, you, you have to have alignment." in everything in the organization to have successful. Well, you don't have to have everyone that thinks exactly the same way. You don't want that either. But I think you have to have similar thought processes about how the team should be built, how the, how the team should play. And, and that runs from ownership to manager, to the coach, to the players. And if you have that kind of alignment, mm-hmm. you're going to have much much more success. So I was very happy to, to talk to him and talk about the team, and we did think a lot alike. How we get to the end result might be different, but I think in terms of, of uh, our thinking, thought processes and what we need it was very similar so i'm looking forward to it i think that um you know when you get your first job uh as a gm in this league you know you, there's a, a lot of adrenaline and there's a lot of uh, of interest and and you want to do a very good job and and so i think you have to um you you it's it's great th- to be able to have some people uh that you can go to yeah and that's where i I'm, I'm, i think that we can you know we can collectively come to some very important decisions that'll help the team going forward
0: are you uh you probably got to go right back upstairs into amateur scouting meetings like are you you ready to dive right back He's probably tree brad tree living always used the term drinking from a fire hose are you, <laughs> are you are you ready to jump right back in
1: yeah we were in there at eight thirty this morning and started it was great great to get back into that those are those are, are i wish people could see some of those meetings because that really is where teams are built and um you know it, uh, I know some of the some of the uh, amateur scouts have known them for a while, um, but it's great listening to him again, and he, you see how they, how excited they are to put together a list based on all the work that they put in all year. And and, and you know people don't see that, but it's a, a good NHL teams don't win without good scouting staffs.
0: Look, I, I know the media is great, and and you enjoyed your year, but like. Juices have got to be flowing a little bit more today. Like for a guy like you, who's wired and, and who's been in hockey ops and you're competitive and all that type of stuff. Like this has got to the, the juices have got to be back up to where you're used to them being. Hey,
1: oh yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't take too long um, to get that feeling back again. You start looking at. Listen, even when you're starting to go through the interview process, now you're looking at rosters. You're looking yeah. at reserve lists, You're looking at you know how many draft picks. You look at all those things. You start to that that comes back really quickly. Uh, and you're right. I mean, I, I think other than being a player and probably a coach, um, being in management is as close as you're going to get to to being on the at NHL ice. And um, I've been extremely blessed and fortunate to do it for you know this is going to be 34 years. So wow! It, it's uh, I've been exceptionally lucky.
0: Congratulations. Welcome aboard. This is uh this is really cool to have you in the city.
1: Thanks for doing this, Dave. Yeah, thank you. Do I get to come back here in this room again?
0: Anytime. This place is all <laughs> especially in hockey season, this place is never closed and I sleep here. So here uh, anytime you want.
1: Sounds good. Thank you.
0: That is Dave Nonis the new Senior Vice President of Hockey Operations and Assistant General Manager of the Calgary Flames. He joined the organization today. He joins the hockey operations staff that uh, right at the top, Don Maloney, the President of Hockey Operations. Craig Conroy announced and introduced today as the eighth general manager in franchise history. Uh, Brad Paschal signs a contract extension. His title is now VP of Hockey Operations and Assistant General Manager. And Chris Snow signs a contract extension he's the vp of data and analytics and assistant general manager that is your hockey staff for next season and the foreseeable future congrats to all awesome to have dave notice as part of the organization i really enjoyed that chat from a little earlier on tuesday and uh, the big story Craig Conroy, general manager of the Calgary Flames. He joined us earlier uh, for about half an hour here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge and a really neat chat with him. Even uh, some stuff that we learned that we didn't get during the news conference earlier on Tuesday. So that was pretty cool as well. Hey, uh, thanks uh, so much to Craig Conroy. Thanks to Dave Nones for joining us this hour here on Flames Talk. Thanks to Cam and Taylor for the outstanding work they did back at Sportsnet 960 World Control. That's a Flames Talk Power Hour. The GM, the brand-new GM, the brand-new Senior VP of Hockey Ops and AGM. That's what you call Power Hour. And that has been the Sports Drive as we start to wrap things up on this Tuesday. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key-to-like system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.